You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What is up, good people? Welcome to another episode on this fine Friday. No, I haven't lost my mind. These are just extra episodes because I love you. I think you need them. I recorded this episode with Calder Allen at Farewell Fest, which is a country music festival that happens in Redmond, Oregon. My wife and I went there this summer, and we had an absolute blast, and I was able to get in a couple interviews for you while I was there. I really, really enjoyed myself. Big shout out to Farewell Fest for having me out. I really, really appreciate it. You guys were amazing. The festival was absolutely incredible. And if you can get out there, I highly suggest it. They haven't dropped the lineup yet this year, but I am so excited because last year it was absolutely killer. And I found a bunch of new artists, well, new to me artists that I really want to try to get on the show uh, as well as some that I did get on the show. So a small bit of explanation because this is definitely different than a typical episode. I'm actually recording back in the artist lounge area. So there are some background sounds and things that you're probably not used to hearing on this podcast, or at least not for a very long time. So there's some of that going on. And also, this should have been out months ago. I thought that I actually had lost the files. They were kind of corrupted and doing some weird stuff, but I was able to get them recovered. Fortunately, I was so bummed, but I'm so excited that I actually get to release this. So this one is with Calder Allen. The other one was with Brooke in the Bluff, who is just one back in the feed. So if you want to hear that one, go back there and check it out. Calder is an incredible dude. He started writing songs fairly recently, which is incredibly impressive because they are very, very good. And we talk about how fly fishing ties into all of this. Yeah, fly fishing. Would you believe it? Anyway, let's get into this episode with Calder Allen. Let's go. This is Blake from the Tone Mob Podcast. I'm here at Farewell Fest, and today I am talking to Calder Allen. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. I caught your set the yesterday. It was it was quite good. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my first exposure to your music outside of a, a few little clips here and there. But uh, usually when I'm talking to somebody new, I like to get their backstory to start, and we just kind of see see where it goes from there. So oh, cool. when did you get into music, guitar, and all that stuff? Well, I got into guitar a little bit before COVID, but really started playing during the pandemic and kind of diving into it, you know, with all the free time. So same thing with writing. I'd always written poems and, you know, little short stories growing up as a kid, but actually songwriting and song arrangements kind of dove deep into that whole realm during COVID. So this all started just in the last few years. That's really impressive to see you on a stage like this already. How did how did that start manifesting? Like most people don't pick up a guitar and then two years later find themselves in this situation. So how did that happen? Yeah. Well, you know, my whole dad's side of the family is very musical and, uh, you know, my uncle is even in my band and he plays, uh, Buckeye Allen, you know, a little shout out, mm-hmm. he plays, uh, nice. keys. 
but yeah i mean my my grandfather's a songwriter my grandmother's a playwright my dad plays drums my brother you know has records out and stuff like that so from a very young age i've been exposed to expression and you know you know music and art and kind of just divulged myself into the whole the whole scene as you know did you fell in love with it did you have a sense that you were kind of born for it since everybody else was doing it or were you, i don't know if born for it's the right word because you know it's uh you, i'm trying to think of i just kind of fell in love with the whole process you know i didn't realize how uh much time i was spending practicing and you know writing until it would you know be like 4 a.m and i'm like oh god you know <laughs> like so it was right. that whole thing it kind of just consumed all my time it kind of i had to do it you know? right right <laughs> It's one of those things that, oh, there got, he is. Who's that? Who's That's Billy, Billy Cassis over here waving at me. Hello, Billy. <laughs> he plays guitar. Nice. Bucka, we were just talking about you. Hey, if anyone wants to jump in, too, they can Bucka, wave come here. <laughs> we were just talking about you. What's up? <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, what's going on? This is Buck Allen. How are you? Hello, Buck. How you what doing? A wonderful festival, Calder. It's good to see you. We just got booted off our flight, so we're back. Oh, we a little, flight, a little food. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. All right. Welcome back. Yeah. Well, good to see you in any sense. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. fun. Mm -hmm. Good deal. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Between oh, yeah, two between ferns. Between two ferns. Oh. <laughs> I'll try to be slightly less awkward, awkward than exactly. Zach, but I can't make any guarantees on that for exactly. sure. Uh, and for the listeners at home, I should probably say I did record here earlier, and it was a uh, slightly less people. So there's a little bit of ambient noise, as you've discovered, but I think uh, the old SM58s will probably do us some favors. Probably in that some directs, yeah. Yeah, I think we'll be okay. <clears throat> so from that point, did you... Obviously, like you play a lot of acoustic, you do a lot of songwriting. Did you start diving into the ever deepening world of the the guitar gear world at all the pedals and amps and all that stuff you know very i'm very uh you know i try not to overcomplicate it you know when i'm performing especially you know my job as a singer songwriter really is to focus on you know making the song uh believable and you know being honest with myself and as genuine as i can be so the simpler the better for me so i try and keep it you know i have a boost pedal uh, for my electric and you know the acoustic is just a straight di line and mm -hmm. so very basic you know gets the job done you know right just kind of solid with the guitar yeah. are you going straight into the with all the modeling and stuff that's happened now are you going straight in as well or do you have a traditional no, amp setup i have so for my i play with a telly when i do go to electric and i go through a vox night train of course oh, i love the night train it's awesome it's small but it does the thing it needs to do mm -hmm. it has a great gain on it and you know, and I, you know, I'm also not the person that sh people should be listening to as far as advice on on <laughs> on uh, music gear. I'm you know, I'm just getting into it. I'm still figuring out you know what I like and what works for me. But that's kind of the whole thing I kind of think with it is whatever works for you and whatever you think is. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of us get so, and by some of us, I mean me, uh, get so wrapped up into that side of things that sometimes it, it gets in the way. And yeah. I've had to refocus a few times over the years about, like, why did I fall in love with gear exactly. in the first place? Yeah, it's to play music. Right. It's so not gotta, just for yeah, the gear, right? Exactly. So um, it's a bit challenging. But the Night Train is actually really interesting because that was in the running for one of my first tube amps ever. I was basically between that and... Uh, an orange uh, tiny terror nice and and then uh, 
both of my friends that were in the band each got a Tiny Terror and a Night Train. So I was like, well, I can't get that. Now what do I yeah, do? But I yeah, always yeah. loved the Night Train. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a great little amp, and I think it's kind of underrated. No, it's great. Yeah, I love it. Do you know what kind of boost pedal uh, you're using off the top of the head? Just because these, I don't these know are the, the exact model, but know. it's a it's a it's a prism. It's the brand's prism. It's a Jackson Audio Prism. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, boy, there I you shouldn't. Go. I see. I know. T- there you go. <laughs> I'm too deep. I'm too deep into it. <laughs> so when you're in the studio, does that change at all, or do you still try to keep it pretty basic? I mean, you know, studio for me, you know, there's only been a few songs where I've tracked the electric guitar, and uh, you know, it's all rhythm stuff. I'm not playing. I'm not trying to play lead yet or anything like that. But usually, usually it's just you know, mic on a acoustic guitar, and we build the tracks out from there. Or if we're cutting it live, you know, same thing. Just like mm-hmm. a microphone on a guitar, and yeah. it's you know, no uh, no line in. Yeah. What's, what studio were you recording in? We did, well, I've recorded a few studios, but the uh, the official records that, uh, the first record was at Arlen Studios, mm-hmm. and the second record that's coming out, hopefully either in the fall or next spring, is also at Arlen Studios. But, you know, I've been in other studios and here and there, and, you know, been in a lot of sessions, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, trying to figure out that whole world of just different sounds and different places and mm-hmm. stuff is can consume a lifetime so yeah oh, absolutely. i try and really i mean for me i really try and focus on like the music and like trying to be present in the in the moment and not overcomplicate the tech and stuff and sure that's kind of my approach but there's you know you need everyone to do everything so absolutely. you know what i mean you need people to do their thing mm-hmm. oh it's a collective <laughs> it's, it, it takes a village to make these things happen much no, more than yeah. it may seem no doubt yeah so who do you draw inspiration from? Obviously, you've got a whole family to draw inspiration <laughs> from, so that's helpful. But when you're sitting down, or even actually before you start picking up music yourself, who were you listening to to get inspiration? Or if it wasn't listening, who were you reading? Because you mentioned you did poetry and some other things. Yeah, yeah. Where do you draw inspiration from? All over the place. I mean, you know, usually I can always find something wherever I am to kind of get in that headspace, whether it's even just, you know, trying to be present. But as far as direct inspirations and stuff... I mean, I'm inspired by everyone in my band. I'm inspired by my whole family and all of that whole realm. Specific names. I mean, you know, I started, I'm a big fly fisherman. Okay. And, you know, when I was younger, I started watching these fly fishing films. And a lot of the soundtracks to those fly fishing films are, uh, you know, like folk, songwriting, mm-hmm. acoustic stuff, and bluegrass, um, what have you. But the, so a lot of those types of bands, you know, like, um, Camp, uh, you know, Mountain Joy that just came through here. Um, a lot of the bands playing this festival were, nice. were you know, big inspirations. And I've drawn from, drawn from and, and then there's the other people, you know, it's like Towns Van Zandt, Guy Clark, Blaze Foley, you know, the, the real, you know, realm of like Southern songwriting and like really stripped down, serve the song bass type thing. You know, I'm, one of my biggest inspirations is Charlie Sexton, who's, produce you know both projects that i'm been working on the past few years and you know seeing you know the people i'm closest to that i have the most access to that i can really you know divulge their information and i get into their own heads that's kind of the easiest way for me to get inspired and then of course there's songs that do that you know chris whitley records and Mm -hmm. stuff like that absolutely of course tom petty you know yeah i mean you can't go wrong (laughs) yeah but uh yeah, you know, the name thing gets weird because there's so much and there's so much information to and there's there's so much room for a bunch of people to inspire you and so it's 
you know, it's really one of those things where it changes every month and it changes on what I'm listening to and, you know, the catalog gets bigger as far as inspirations. Do you think there would anybody that people, upon listening to your record, do you think there's anyone that would people would be surprised about? Like, oh, I'm a huge death metal fan or something like that that's a little more off the wall? You know that, that uh, band called The Who but with an H-U? Yeah. <laughs> yep. They got cool records. All right. I like them. I like them. They are cool. Yeah, they're uh, the Mongolian uh, kind of throat throat singing. Yeah, that stuff is intense. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff. And then, you know, I mean, like, I mean, each record would so different, but like, really, like the whole Chris Whitley catalog is super cool. Um, As far as that music just goes, you know, different. I mean, he's a true expressionist. Mm -hmm. So many people. It's hard to, it's hard. It is. It is. It's like, what's your favorite band, man? Like, it's uh, like, uh, I have no idea. Yeah, good try. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult question to answer, too. So when you're writing, though, do you pull from other places as well outside of music? Do you have other art that you really enjoy or really speaks to you? Well, yeah, typically when I'm writing, you know, all of those, you know, uh, so-called, like, inspirations and uh, role models, they kind of leave my head. It, I kind of, it's the only time really in my life that I'm, besides playing music, but just music in general and writing, where I'm sitting down, I'm completely present in the moment. And, you know, where I draw from typically is, you know, an indication of where I am. So yeah. whether it's outside and I just, you know, I've been on the river all day or something like that, or whether it's, you know, I've been driving for 12 hours and I'm just humming in the car, you know, just different things I'm seeing, you know, different lines, different things. And they just come from all over. And it's hard to kind of explain where, where they come from, you know. Because, you know, some songs, they just, you know, it's like you know, 15 minutes, you got a song. And then other yeah. songs, it's like, okay, I'm you know, I'm still working on songs I started like a year ago. So it's it's very, uh, you know, song-oriented as far as what the song's going to give you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes... I never try and force it, you know, I've, I work hard to, you know, try and come up with things. But, you know, it has to be genuine. I have to really believe what I'm saying, and I'd really try and not... Uh, make something happen that's I'm not, you know, believing in or can relate to. Sure. Yeah, it's one of those things. I totally understand what you mean where the song comes out and then you stand back and go, huh, did I really did I really do that? Was, yeah. was that me? <laughs> and you have to wonder sometimes where that... Here's, here's one of my inspirations, Billy Cassis. Oh, he's... You ain't coming? Oh, you're, you're dehydrated? De- <laughs> all right, all right. We'll let you off the hook this time. <laughs> But yeah, so it feels like it almost comes from somewhere outside of yourself, and you're almost more of an antenna than the or a conduit, so to speak. At times. Maybe I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as a fly fisherman, now I'm not one in particular, but I've been around a few in my day, and I I hear them talk sometimes about you know the place they go mentally when they're when they're doing that. Do you find any similarities between the music world and when you're out there kind of yeah, I mean, for, doing your thing? For me, it's, you know, they're kind of the same mindset. Very different as far as, like, how I interact with them and what they mean for my personal life. But, you know, it's... For me, I, I don't think I would be able to write honest songs if I'm not being honest with my other passions and my other hobbies and, you know, trying to fulfill all aspects of my life. So if I'm not fishing, it's, you know, for months on end, it's usually a concerning time you <laughs> sure. know, as far as songwriting um, and all that stuff. You know, I think they're very intertwined. Right. So 
in this time period, switching gears a little bit, because when you said if you don't get a chance to be fly fishing, uh, have you had much experience? Obviously, you're here playing this show, but have you done much touring yet to where the fly fishing's had to take a back seat? No, but I hope it will at some point. Yeah, I hope, <laughs> I hope that does happen. But, uh, you know, a lot of the dates have been one-offs or and or, you know, gigs booked up, uh, you know, one show a week so I can drive to different states sure. and fish in between. But, you know, yeah. uh, I don't, I really do think even if it was like a tour where it was, you know, show every day, every day for months on end, I would figure out a way to to get You'd it make it happen. I'd make it happen. Well, the good news is if you come to this area again, you've got plenty of opportunity exactly. uh, at the various rivers around no, here. I've been fishing here. all over here. Yeah, so you already amazing. know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's Where'd amazing. you go? I, well, I went to the Matulius River and, uh, you know, tried to fish for some bull trout. Same stage then, you played on, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. And then East Lake, and, which is, I guess is... I don't know if it's south of Bend. See, that's where that's where I don't want to get things wrong. I'm not going to act like I'm a local. That's okay. Just just you can, names are fine. Yeah, Oops. East Lake and Matulius River. Yeah. Did you catch anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you get? Some, you know, just brown trout and different species and nice. stuff. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, this is probably an extremely difficult question to ask, and maybe a better way to frame it would be, I was going to do the classical, where do you see yourself? But, like, maybe versus where you see yourself where would you like to go, say, in the next three to five years? What are your goals? So for me, as long as I'm content and with the music that I'm putting out, and I think it's genuine to me, and I'm not having any, you know, outward influences that are dishonest, I think that's all I can really ask for as far as music goes. Um, you know, I think the whole idea of um, growth in music is kind of weird because some people judge it by how many audience members do you have or some right. people judge, you know, but for me, it's hard to judge it by that. It's more of a cerebral feeling for me mm-hmm. than, uh, than, you know, you know, I love playing live and, but playing live for me, it, you know, sometimes it's based off the audience, but a lot of times it's based off just playing with my band and like having, being able to play live music with them and, you know, relax with them and do all that stuff. I'm kind of going on a rant here, but... That's fine. That's what podcasts are for. You know, exactly. But uh, it is really that thing where as long as I'm being honest to myself and writing songs that I believe in and that, you know, not even necessarily can relate to because, you know, sometimes I write songs from different perspectives and different, you know, realms. But as long as I'm being honest to that and serving the song first, I'll be okay. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So I've got a couple classic questions, and uh, again, being as new to guitar and not necessarily as gear-heavy as some people, this first one might might be a little out of your wheelhouse, but we'll, right. we'll go for it since it's a classic question anyway. So All right. that question would be, what is your favorite boss pedal? The tuner. The, the tuner's like the most popular answer. Yeah. TU2, TU3. The it's, it works. It's always does the thing, tuner. right? Yes. Yeah. Now, this one's a little bit more intensive and a uh, little more to it. All right. All right. And it has nothing to do with gear, but it is an Bring important it. question regardless. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Whoosh. Pepperoni. Just straight up pepperoni? Straight up. Yeah. Plain and simple. Consistency. Thin, thin crust, thick crust, favorite thin, pizzeria, anything? Thin, thin yes. crust. There's a place called the Pie Hole in Missoula, Montana. That's oh. amazing. The Pie Hole in Missoula, Montana. It's pretty shout out. It's amazing. I'm going to have to check that out. Missoula is not a town I've ever been to, but I've heard it's incredible. It's pretty amazing. You spent a lot of time there? Well, I was going to go to college there, 
Um, I did go to college there for a month and before I dropped out to do mm-hmm. music. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom, but uh, yeah. Hey, your mom's here. She must be uh, she pretty supportive she's of the whole there. thing, right? Yeah, you know, whether she's lying or not. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she, she's the best. She's been a huge, both my parents have been huge supporters of me pursuing this. And, you know, this, I didn't expect to go here, but like since we, since you brought it up, was that a difficult conversation to have with your family? Like, hey, I know I just got to Missoula for college, but. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. For me, they were very understanding, and you know, my dad's a visual artist, and my mom's very, you know, she's, her whole career was education. She did a study abroad programs and stuff, and so mm-hmm. she gets different learning types and different, you know, how people think and all that, and I, she really, and both my parents understand how I think, and it kind of just made sense. They they kind of trusted me, and I'm very appreciative for it, but they, it wasn't a hard conversation. They were very supportive. That's great. That's really great. Well, man, I'm super glad to have gotten to meet you, and uh, yeah, likewise. Was, it was a great, uh, great show you guys put on, and I hope you have safe travels and enjoy <laughs> the rest of your time in Oregon. How much longer are you here? Well, thank you. I'm going to leave Tuesday. I'm going to go fish tomorrow. And oh, then sweet. Yeah. You're here for a while then. Exactly. Very nice. Where are you guys staying? Uh, we're staying just down in Bend at a hotel. Oh, you know? I love Bend. It's one of my favorite towns. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. have fun while you're here. I will. All right, dude. Sure. Thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Appreciate All right, everybody. Good luck and good tones. Look, we got photos. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, there you have it. There is my episode with Calder Allen. Make sure you go check him out on the interwebs wherever you get your music, and make sure that you start following Farewell Fest because the lineup's gonna drop pretty soon. I think. I don't know that for a fact. They haven't told me that, but it feels like it. I feel like the teasers are coming. I feel like it's about to happen. And if it's even half as good as it was last year, it's something you're not going to want to miss. So don't. Don't miss it. Go pay attention to what they're doing. Big shout out to Bailey at Farewell Fest for having me out. Thank you so much again for everything you did. You really helped out a lot, and I appreciate it. And thank you again to everyone for listening and for hanging out. I really appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do. And I'll talk to you on the internet very, very soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. 
He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.